Hello everybody, Jordan here, the PH is silent, and in this episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show, we talk a lot about the Acquisitions Incorporated book, and I guest starred on Lucian's Seeking Revenar game, so we discussed that a whole bunch, and uh, Jordan deals with that TPK that happened a couple weeks ago. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Saturday Morning D&D Show. My name is Jordan, with a silent PH in the middle, and I am joined always by my wonderful co-host, Sir Lucian, over there at Sir Lucian Gaming. Say hello, sir. Good morphing, everybody. PH in the middle of morning there. That's going to be yeah. my new thing, I oh, think. Oh, man, uh, but it's silent. <laughs> it's all silent. Yeah. All those people on the internet who are like, Jorfton, and they think they're so funny, and I'm like, you're just saying my name wrong. Like, it's not yeah. a joke. I don't know. I don't get it. But yeah, It's in my head. It always reads Jorfton. It's, I can't mm-hmm. stop it from doing it. I always say Jordan, but I always read it as that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a poor marketing scheme, let's be honest. But I'm stuck with it for the, the time being until I do a crazy brand re reflavor of some Which kind. Which seems like might be on the horizon, I've heard. I've well, seen some. yeah, I was thinking of getting rid of Forgotten Realms Explained and in favor of just my name because I'm doing like more... Like I want to do like Planescape and Eberron. Like I've, I've already branched out from Forgotten Realms, so I'm not really Forgotten Realms Explained anymore. And I originally mm-hmm. named the channel Jordan with a PH because I wanted it to be that as opposed to the channel of Forgotten Realms Explained. So I'm like, I don't know, but mm-hmm. it's, I'm still t- tinkering around with uh, mm-hmm. different logos and what have you and working with people and stuff. So we'll see if something happens with that. But anyway, cool. we are a Dungeons and Dragons talk show podcast uh, and we talk about all things Dungeons and Dragons and usually just role-playing games in general. Um, mm-hmm. I noticed we both got our Gen Con badges, Mr. Lucian. We did. And our excitement level is rising because we're like within almost a month at this yep. point, 30-ish days-ish. Mm-hmm. I mean, because it's right at the end of July. August 1st first is when I fly out. Of- yeah. So I think the actual shenanigans begin uh, the day before August 1st, um, Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Like Wednesday night, they have stuff that goes on. And then Thursday yeah. is the actual start of that. And unfortunately, that's when I'm flying in. So I won't get into uh, Indianapolis until like mid-afternoon. Um, but still enough to meet up with some friends and, and catch a couple of uh, panels and things like that. Uh, Which and is I'm better getting than last year. Super hyped. In, yeah, you came in on Friday last year, or yeah. was it Thursday yeah. night? I couldn't get the time off work, so I came yeah. in, or was it Thursday night? I think it was Thursday night, but I was supposed to be there Thursday afternoon. Um, but my flight got delayed, so hopefully my right. flight doesn't get delayed this time. <laughs> knock on wood. Um, but man, really excited for Gen Con. Uh, just more and more cool people I know are going, or I now know more cool people on the internet. So I'm really excited to like see people and play games and yeah. lots of RPGs. I got into a couple of Dungeon Crawl Classics games that I'm really excited for. So uh, yeah. yeah, and then just walking the floor and having fun and hanging out with you in real life. Yeah. It's amazing. Good. A meetup. We might try to do something for the Saturday morning show. We really should. Um, yeah. While Even we're there, if it, I mean, maybe maybe yeah. test. They said they're going to have Wi-Fi in the convention center. But yeah. I don't know if that's going to be Wi-Fi we can like streamable Wi-Fi that we could do from a laptop or something. Mm-hmm. But maybe we'll test it out and see. Uh, last year we didn't do yeah. anything because my phone had no cell service and you were busy DMing a bunch of games. But this year maybe <laughs> we can do something. So yeah, no DMing. I just got my badge and my wife asked, "So what company is paying for you to go this year?" And I said, "Nope." This year, I have not uh, volunteered for any games to DM. This year is like a free schedule for me just to go and play. Good. Because it is super fun to go and, and DM for a lot of these companies. Like I've done Magpie and um, Monty Cook are the two that I've helped out. Every year I've gone and it was amazing and awesome and you get good stuff and you meet lots of really cool people. But it is four-hour chunks out of your day. And sometimes if you do a back-to-back session, that's like eight hours of role play just all, all at once. So that's, that can be pretty intensive. And then if you go help at a booth or something. So this year I was like, I'm just going to go and have fun. And I think I'm going to tackle a majority of new board game demo stuff. I think I want to get okay. into some of the new cool board games. So I'm going to do a few 
Like I'm going to show up with general tickets to a couple of your games and say, Hey, do you got an open seat? And mm-hmm. If they say yes, I might jump in. Cause I don't want to like pre-buy anything. Cause I don't know. At some point, maybe the show just before Gen Con, we should do a full Gen Con only show where we talk about the things that we think are weird about Gen Con, okay. the things that we think are great. Cause like you were buying tickets or you were trying to schedule and you were having trouble and then you're trying to organize. I think a lot of people that might be useful for people that have never gone. Well, I just got late to the, yeah. to the game uh, because I ordered my tickets late and I didn't really understand how it works. So this year I got all of my stuff ahead of time. Um, or I like as as a, it opened up for me to b- purchase things. I had a mm-hmm. wish list and I purchased my wish list and I got roughly like forty percent of them. So um, I just kind of knew how. I like it. It literally took me a year, but I figured out how to do the Gen Con game now. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah, and maybe we can do a show that'll help somebody because that's what happened to me. I knew nothing, and it took me going a year to realize, oh, this is what's going on, and this is how you should think about doing things. And because I had no, you can't just show up and just, just know what's going on. It doesn't make any sense when you get there at first. So. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Um, having your badge early is just, a kill, that's so good, but it was fun standing in line too, but okay. Show, <laughs> Gen, Gen Con, Con blah, show. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> or maybe we'll do like a Monday night show or a Wednesday night show or something. We'll do one of the off. Yeah, we should. I think I have something. I think I left Saturday morning open, but I had um, somebody contact me to play a game uh so i might have to be like listen i need to step away for like an hour to do oh wait but our show doesn't start because we're on the east coast so it'll start at noon um okay yeah we can maybe make this work i think we can do this all right (laughs) anyway we'll see on to the news on to the news what's going on in the world of dungeons and dragons not a ton we're in that lull between the last book has just been released um although we've had a lot of cool releases like D &D essentials is um on on the shelves that people have been finding it up or I didn't go to Target yet. I keep thinking I want to, but I haven't yet. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I almost want to buy it from my regular game store. Not Target. Well, that's not going to be till like September, to Target. October. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, true. So I'll probably get it before that. But, um, and so we're in the, in between, you know, uh, Ghost of Salt Marsh is out and you're playing that. And you, we talked about that last week, the, the great stuff that's going on there. And then we, everything's still building up to uh, Descent to Avernus. So that's the next thing. And they're kind of in the middle. We did get a couple of Lore You Should Know videos I noticed on the Dungeons and Dragons. We didn't get a D&D news. So I don't know what Greg Tito was doing this week because normally we get one. Or they didn't post it and I missed it live. Um, but they did Lore You Should Know, Strange Fiends. Um, and it was funny because they were talking about like most of the time when you're talking about descent into hell, you're, you're thinking of your demons, devils, mm-hmm. uh, you know, abolists and all these other typical fiends that you might uh, get that are the more popular ones. Mm-hmm. But they wanted to kind of highlight the the Raksasha, the night hags and the succubi as mm-hmm. some different um, fiends. So you can get some cool stuff there. There was some stuff I didn't realize, like the Raksasha. I never realized they were talking about the hands are reversed on a rock sasha did you ever notice that in the in the drawings no. like yeah. left is right and right is left yeah yeah oh, okay. and they bend differently than ours so ours bend our our is mostly been this way though we can bend it a little bit that way theirs is the other the opposite of that mm-hmm. so it's like yeah it's like having reverse hands hmm. so it was like really weird and that's how the drawings were um so I, talk a little that, bit about they're that. a weird monster i was kind of looking them up before our show started that um i didn't i like okay i knew they were fiends but they don't their art doesn't make them look like fiends like i wonder where that yeah. came from it must have been an old first edition something or other um yeah. but like yeah i always just thought that was really weird well, if you listen to the video, they talk pretty good about where it comes from. It's a, it's a mythology. Um, like it wasn't a D&D monster created. They grabbed it from mythology. Mm-hmm. But the one thing he said that I thought was interesting is that they want to keep it or they made a mistake in fourth edition where they turned them into more like just tiger people. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas that's more like the were tiger. So right. there are tiger people, which are the were tigers that look like that. But the Raksasha are definitely different. Mm-hmm. Um, immortal um the the opposite hand thing um fiends so when they die they go back to the nine hells kind of a thing yeah Yeah. Yeah. so very interesting i thought well at some point maybe i'll throw one of them in my game that'd be pretty cool night hags hags are always really good i think there's uh especially the wizards of the coast groups jeremy crawford and um chris perkins like using hags in their games so you always see those those are very prevalent 
and a lot of the campaigns that they run and then Succubi. Then the other cool lore you should know that they had was the Ack Inc. lore you should know. So they talk a little bit about Acquisitions Incorporated. And then he mentions, Chris Perkins mentioned something I didn't even really realize, that when they started the podcast, the land they were in, they were in fourth edition when they started it. Yeah. Um, and he talks a little bit about, you know, the hows and the whys, but that they were in a, a mm -hmm. land that tied into a very specific adventure, the Dragon Spear, Castle Dragon Spear adventure that they had just put out. So it's interesting that the land kind of grew up of that. But then he talks about there was a meeting when they had fifth edition where they said, we're going to make Forgotten Realms the main kind of... Um, the one setting of the main for set. fifth edition, yeah. One so of the, they had the, to they had to transition that party to the new Forgotten Realms, and that's how they became a multiverse, and they traveled different worlds. And so there was a lot of stuff in there that was interesting for him to say that I didn't know, and I've watched the show. Like, I've watched the live shows, and I've kept track of quite quite a bit of the different pieces, but I still learned something watching that. So if you're a big Ack Inc. fan, and we were, I mean, we've been reading your book, I've been reading my book, my brain has been a buzz with a tight, if I could do like a very office style campaign or a community college kind of campaign where you just do really crazy corporate stuff. And I just think it'd be really funny if you had the right group of players that, that bought into it. Yeah. I want to, why they chose the humor. I want to do um, uh, a game, an acquisitions incorporated game. Actually, I just lost my complete train of thought. I'm sorry. I don't know what I was going to say. <laughs> um, but I've been reading the Acquisitions Incorporated game. Oh, I sorry. I'm thinking back to what you were saying earlier, how they didn't start in the Forgotten Realms. And yeah. now this book very much is in the Forgotten Realms. Um, and reading through the book, it's reminding me that I, I really want to listen to, and I, I don't know where I'm going to find the time to get through all of it, but the C team, because there's lots of references to the C team, because that's where like the meat and potatoes of Acquisitions Incorporated has been fleshed out with Jerry mm -hmm. Holkins as the DM. And it's, I don't know, it's just kind of like, I feel like I'm missing out on a lot of the jokes and a lot of the inside stuff by not having listened to the, uh, yeah, not having listened to the C team. So Yeah, it's and then really good. I actually played the, because Acquisitions Incorporated got me into D&D, &D, and they, the starter set that they played when they, not the starter set, but the beginning adventure they played as a fourth edition campaign, I actually was like, well, I want to play that one too. So I took that and ran through it and played that one with my players when I, back when I was playing fourth edition mm -hmm. and um, it was a fun one. So I think it's like keep on Shadowfell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, is that the one it was? Keep I think it is. I think that's the one they ran, but I mean, right. it's I been he mentioned something about dragon spear. It had a dragon name because I thought it was a weird name because the new essentials talks about dragon spire. Oh, instead of Dragon Spear. <laughs> but that fourth edition adventure says Dragon Spear, and I wonder I had wondered about that. But maybe maybe he misspoke or maybe I misheard what he was saying. Maybe you're right. So I don't know. But that'd be uh, kinda cool yeah. to go back and figure out what that module was. And maybe that and play that would be really fun, I think. Fourth edition rules. So but it was cool. They talk about why they picked humor. They were they were adamant, like back when they started it, they were they really were of the mindset that we don't really think anybody would want to watch people play D and D like people want to play D and D. Right. You're never going to get a group of people to sit and watch other people play. Right. So they were really in that mindset and they were talking about how if they made it more of a comedy show, then at least if they were sitting there, they would get a few laughs and then would go on. And that was it. It was more of like a comedy bit, not a running campaign, but more of mm -hmm. like a, a comedy show but they were really surprised at the reception that they got and how much it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. so i remember scott really kurtz cool was saying insights. in a couple interviews he's like i got i get recognized at like gas stations he's like i'm filling yeah. up my car with gas and people are like you're that guy from acquisitions incorporated because they don't see his face as a cartoonist on as a web cartoonist you know and so but they do see his face when he's on these things and he was blown away he's just like what you watch that like yeah and then when they actually did the theater uh, because they were selling so many tickets that they sold out like a huge theater in Seattle for that. It was, um, mm -hmm. yeah. Cause the early ones, it was just kind of like a room of maybe like a hundred people, 200 people. And then all of a sudden they had like 3000 people watching them. It's yep. crazy. To there's, think about. there's a brief mention of Will Wheaton in it. There's a, he talked, they talk a little bit about, uh, Benwin Bronzebottom. They talk a little bit about Morgane. 
Um, and that's really the only people they talk about in that lore you should know. They don't really bring up any of the C team stuff in that video. It's more about the stuff that kind of kicks it all off and gets yeah. it started, uh, kind of thing. So it's pretty cool. I think they're they'll add to your knowledge base, even if you're a huge fan and you've been following this. I bet there's still some tidbit in there that you will go, oh, I didn't even I didn't know that one thing. Mm-hmm. And if you have only been just now hearing about Acquisitions Inc., this is a great video to say what is all this stuff that people talk about and what's going on and why. So that was pretty cool. Um, it really other than that, kicked off the whole streaming thing, didn't it? Like, yeah. I'm just kind of thinking out loud now. Like, I was like, no, we, like, well, actually, there was another podcast I listened to that occurred around the same time as Acquisitions Incorporated, and that was called Critical Hit. And they're, they're a fourth edition D&D podcast that I listened to for quite a while. And their DM, Rodrigo, is amazing. Uh, and that was a really good, so I recommend that if you're interested in a good fourth edition podcast, but, um, yeah, so, but like that ever since then, you know, critical role came about and all these other things and acquisitions incorporated, got their live shows. And then the Twitch streaming thing took off and it's just kind of, yeah, all the way up to seeking Revenar, which is just like, yeah, (laughs) which I think is cool. Nice, cool transition. Um, no, they do not talk about the Deep Crow indoor adventurers asking. Um, I think it's mostly about the stuff that the main team does. They don't really even get into anything that the C team Yeah, that's why I need, to, I need to listen to these C teams, which I have been. But in order to keep up with C team and Critical Role and uh, my plethora of other podcasts, it's a lot of listening. Here, here's a little trivia question for you since you watched the original. Who is Omen Drawn's god? Uh, Timora, isn't it? It is now, but that's a fifth edition deity. Oh, was what was it originally? Edition <laughs> fourth edition goddess of luck or money. I don't know. I can't remember. Yeah. It started with an A. It's not one I've heard of because I don't know any of the fourth edition pantheon that they were using for that that world. I want to say something. I want to say as as Shara, but that sounds like World of Warcraft just released that patch this week. So that's probably why that's in my head. But there's like an A name because he talks about them changing from he had discussions with um, Jerry about what is the closest God in, in fifth edition. That's going to match what we're doing. Mm-hmm. That wasn't Joaquin. Nope. Yeah. I'm finding. I yeah. It starts um, with an A. It starts with an A and it's a fourth edition. God, fourth edition, fourth edition. I'll have to go back to that video now and, and rewatch it just to find it out. We'll put, we'll post it somewhere <laughs> or chat. That's your homework for, for later on. Post it in the comments of the video tell us which one uh jerry hogan's god was but while you're doing that while you're still listening to us moving on i saw something that was pretty interesting um, Wait, but it's I'm a vandra there you go i need to get it <laughs> a vandra goddess of change freedom and luck there you that's go. probably what it is sorry i had to interrupt i was frantic <laughs> googling <laughs> so stranger things three july 4th coming up which we all know is next week we get to see Stranger Things. Now, I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. I assume you are, right? You watch Stranger Things. Yeah, yeah. I'm One excited two, for the new season. It. Yeah. it should be fun. So I saw an article that was talking about each season kind of is represented in some way by um, a, a creature that they reference to the game, though it's not like a direct correlation. It's not like the actual mm. Demogorgon from the game somehow comes to the world. But they call it the Demogorgon. And it's different. It's their version, or at least that's the name they give it. And then the second one, they give it um, a name to like the, the, I think it was the gibbering mouther or the big creature, or they were even saying a little bit of illithids, you know, those kinds of things mm-hmm. make their way into the second. And they use the terms a couple of times in the game. The speculation for season three is we might get a a proxy for maybe an intellect devourer. I don't mm. know if that spoils anything. I don't know if that's where it'll go. But I thought it'd be interesting that <clears throat> the Demogorgon isn't really the Demogorgon of the thing. It's like this flower-headed creature that can attack and come out of the one world into another and grab something and take it back. What would Jordan... If he's in that world, it's happening in Jordan's town of, you know, some small, small town in Idaho that's a <laughs> nice small bedroom community outside of a big town. You're playing D&D all the time. You start recognizing this stuff's happening. 
you're not going to call it a demogorgon when you see it or you recognize what it's doing. What are you going to call it? What would be the D&D monster you would have called the first one? Just Ooh. thinking of its abilities, thinking of the way it looks, putting them on the spot here. I was trying to think of what would my mind have jumped to? Because I don't know, my mind wouldn't have jumped it's to Demogorgon. It's got to be a humanoid because it looks humanoid, right? Like it, yeah. it's bipedal. Yeah, it's got so. arms and legs. It's got like a flowery head, right? And so if you saw it running through the trees in the in the night and you would point to it, Jordan the DM, what would you say? <laughs> oh my God, that's a, you know? In some ways, like I want to go plant plant wise so i want to do like veggie pygmy but that it was too big to be a veggie pygmy maybe it's a big right? veggie pygmy yeah or but there was the spinies which are the big dogs that awakened the, that tree the awakened veggie. shrub i don't know corpse go. flower like that. that sounds like a good idea Ooh, that one's close i mean i don't think it looks like a corpse flower but that's yeah corpse flower yeah i mean that I just like, like i like the name uh myconid of some kind could be mushroomy could be. person or what has a mouth that just opens up even if it's not necessarily a flower but like a mouth that just opens up and would slam down so there's some more homework <laughs> for all you in the show go through your monster manuals go through your tomes of beasts go through your morden canons go through your volos and see if you can find what would you have called that creature if you saw it streaking through the woods chasing down a deer and be like oh my god they're real <laughs> <laughs> It's, and it was it was interesting because in the Stranger Things show it was the kids their uh, their their interpretation of this was they were they were trying to grasp the supernatural with the information they had which was Dungeons and Dragons and yeah. so like things like making it the Demogorgon that was just the big bad guy they were fighting and so it kind of made sense that it changed into this in the game yeah mm-hmm. um, so I don't know it was that's yeah you put me on the spot I'm not really sure. I'd have to do yeah. some serious. I'll put it in the notes digging. next time, not to just <laughs> let you do your homework. But I just thought that'd be kind of cool. And then to think of, you know, what would be season two's kind of, or what would be seasons three. So that'd be kind of fun. Maybe that's something we'll talk about as season three is going on mm-hmm. after we binge watch it. Cause I binge watch the hell out of stranger things. Like it's, I'm done in like two days <laughs> with the show. We'll try to figure out what the creature is or what the big nemesis is of, uh, and what we would, what we would do with it. Um, so I think that'd be kind of cool. So that's coming up July 4th. Keep an eye out on that. Should drop on Netflix, uh, which is super cool. I did see, now this one's, I threw this one in. I didn't know if this one would relate to you or not. Um, it's called D&D Destiny that I kind of stumbled on. Mm-hmm. And Destiny is a computer game that from Bungie that I played quite a bit. And Destiny 2 is out. And there's lots of cool stuff. I didn't know if you played that game. You know nope. anything about I have not, not played any, any Destiny, sorry. So it's a really cool, fun sci-fi take on um, uh, an online game. It's sort of an MMO in some ways, a looter shooter in many other ways. Definitely really good graphics and a pretty cool lore mm-hmm. about um, how there's only one city left on, on Earth and we've gotten taken over and all this kind of cool sci-fi stuff has happened. I mean, I like it as a game. I like it visually. I like the, the themes that it goes through. And if you go look at it, you might like just some of the artwork that they put out with it. Well, there's a group that was really interested in that, but they're also very interested because they just found in the last year or so Dungeons & Dragons, or at least they, you know, it was the first time they played it, and they really got hooked. So, of course, what happens with anybody that gets hooked with Dungeons & Dragons, they immediately want to smash it into the other things they like because that's what we all do, right? Mm-hmm. We all want to grab things that we love and put them together with Dungeons and Dragons. So this is a version of the rules. I'm going to keep an eye on it. It's not out yet. They're play testing the rules, but there's hopefully a version of fifth edition that we could play some destiny games in, in that world that I think was pretty cool. And it was a Kotaku um, article. So I'm sure it's one of those things that we'll see. And I think it's just going to be a free set, you know, like, here it is. They're not really putting it out or kickstarting it or anything like that. It's yeah. just going to be... probably can't because they can't get the rights and stuff. So something I'm thinking, like that yeah, you'd have to keep it on D20. At these like steps. it's just a free thing that somebody created that kind of circles around the internet, but that's kind of cool. And I like labors of love. I think that people who get really interested, like when you, I don't know, it reminds me of like kids on kids with wands that I wrote. Yeah. Um, like I really like kids on bikes. I really like role-playing games. I like the Harry Potter world. Why don't we like smash them together and, and see what happens? Together. So, Love it. um, yeah. And Good it's stuff. fun. 
So that's out there. Um, and then I did stumble on just this morning. There is a humble bundle out there. You can do look up for D and D five E supplements, or I think if you just type in, you'll go to the humble bum, humble bundle website and look up Dungeons and Dragons stuff. Mm-hmm. They have a bunch of books. Now it's a bunch of books I hadn't heard of. So I don't know what the quality is on them, but usually for some of these things, you spend like five bucks and all of a sudden you get like 30, you know, 30 PDFs of mm-hmm. whatever. Sometimes it's real books. Sometimes it's PDFs. Sometimes it's whatever you have to look in the, in the fine print of the article. But I thought, Hey, if you're out there looking for five E supplements and it seemed like they're, they're mostly geared towards beasts of bundle, they call it. Mm-hmm. So it's, it looks like it's a lot of stuff you can use to help flesh out the monsters and the, and the creatures that you're going to put into your campaign. So we're all dungeon masters here. We can always use cool things to throw at our players to, to make you know, get them surprised and thing like that. So you can check that out. Um, that was the other thing I saw. So that was about it for news that I kind of scoured, unless you found something else out there that we didn't. No, I was, I was just going to ask if you, have you read the acquisitions book yet or are you still thumbing through it or? No, I pretty much read through it. Um, and then I guess we didn't get your thoughts last week on it. So I know we kind of talked about acquisitions incorporated lore you should know but like uh and you kind of want to run like an office game but um is this something that you want to i guess my question for you is that is the acquisitions incorporated book something that you want to take and run like the adventure in it with the mechanics or do you want to incorporate that into seeking revenar is this a whole new game is this something that you want to augment yeah this one for me is i love it i want to run it but I don't think it fits with Revenar, Seeking mm-hmm. Revenar. So I think it would definitely be its own campaign because I would want to play it as a humor campaign. And I'd really want to bring out that corporate stuff. Yeah. Like I'm sitting here right now thinking about how the first session would go where we bring in the new hires, the new interns, and we have them sit down and we go through a very corporate-like thing in Dungeons & Dragons, which mm-hmm. I think would be just super fun. And I think I'd have to really pick the right players because I – I know some players aren't going to thrive in that, but then other ones are going to dive right into it. There's going to mm-hmm. be a certain group of players that are just be like, this is, this is my kind of jam. Um, I don't know. I want to play the adventure that's in there. So I did not read the adventure. I want to play in it. I want to use the book to run my own, not using their adventure just because I have a million ideas based on shows that I love to watch all of the seasons of office both the British and the American version. I work in a corporate, like full on stereotypical corporate. We have stand up meetings and we talk about uh, corporate values of the company. And we do, we do all that stuff that I think would be so funny with other people that enjoy that kind of humor. So I think it would be something that I would run separate. I definitely want to do it. I think it's a fantastic book for that. And to really turn Forgotten Realms around upside down. And I'd want to do a really competing corporation, almost like Amazon has arrived in Forgotten Realms. And so has Google and some of these other big, and and, uh, Facebook and these kinds of big corporate companies. And now they're starting to go to corporate war over who's going to be the megacorp, who's going to be the corp that owns it all kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of go through a, a fun campaign like that. I think that would be really fun. So I love it. I love the artwork. I love the characters in there. I love the humor. Um, if I could ever get in a game that's ran by Jerry Holkins, I would I would die a happy person because I love the way he runs that game and, and the way the C team goes. It's just so fun. So I think I, I really like it. Have you, now that you've kind of gone through it, is there anything you didn't like about it? Or are you still just like you're full on loving the book or what? No, uh, I I do like it. I don't know if I'll run that adventure because I don't, I, I like the book for different things. So to back up, I reread, I got my strongholds and followers book for Colville's book uh, in the mail. And so I reread the hardback of that. And the thing I like about strongholds and followers is that you build this stronghold and you get benefits for, for having this stronghold and acquisitions incorporated is kind of similar where you build this business and then your, your specific character gets benefits if that business thrives and does well. And you do that in the form of like magic items or new proficiencies and things like that. And, and uh, Mm -hmm. new abilities that your, your players get because of your, of this 
of this company that you run. So I was thinking, hey, I want to take this idea of a company and I really want my Ghosts of Saltmarsh players to like build a um, some kind of company in the town, like an adventuring company and, and have hirelings and do a bunch of cool stuff. And, and I want to incorporate like strongholds and followers. Like maybe they get, um, a shop in town and we use like a tavern or something from strongholds, but it's actually their business headquarters and things like that. So I don't necessarily want to be on brand with acquisitions incorporated, but I want mm-hmm. to take that idea of a business and utilize the skeletal framework from acquisitions incorporated into my game. Now I said that and some of my players were kind of like, "Oh, I don't we don't I don't want to play like a goofy game." And so they they were not like they're like that has its place, but they didn't want Ghosts of Saltmarsh to turn into this like silly goofy game. Um and I was like, "No, I don't think I'm explaining myself well cuz I also don't want it to be goofy, but there are some mechanical bonuses that you get by running a business that I think would be fun for you guys to have." And Ghosts of Saltmarsh is literally um a collection of adventures. So it is Oftentimes, it's a struggle for a DM to get the adventures to link up. And really, the mm-hmm. only thing is that, well, you guys go back to Saltmarsh, you spend a week there, and then somebody knocks on your door and says, my child is missing, help me! You know, mm-hmm. And it's like, that's your next adventure. So we'll see if I utilize this, but I, I do like the book. I think, I like, and and I, wanna, I don't want to say, uh, well, Strongholds and Followers is a similar book, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, in that, in in the way I was describing it, and I want to utilize both to augment my players and to make them more powerful through having either fo- followers, strongholds, or a business. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah, because there there are two books that really focus on the stuff that none of the other Dungeons and Dragons books have focused yeah. on, which is the downtime activities or the I'm not in a dungeon activity, right? All the other stuff that we've gotten, all the other books support the idea of you're on an adventure, you're in a dungeon, you're, you're uh, storming well, a castle, you're, you're doing something, right? And I want to stop you before people are on Twitter right now tweeting at you that yeah. Xanathar's Guide to Everything has a bunch of downtime activities. Sure. So. <laughs> Even that is like only a couple of pages and it, it's loose rules. They're not, there's like, no. when you read that, did you all of a sudden say, I'm going to add all this to my campaign? Or you were really kind of yeah. like, eh, it was kind of meh. Um, no, it was, it, I needed the right campaign. Um, right. And I've actually reread those rules as well, because with Ghosts of Saltmarsh, they're going to have a week or two weeks of downtime in the middle of, of certain activities before their next adventure knocks on the door, so to speak, that, um, if they want to craft a magic item, if they want to do stuff like that, then it could really work. Um, and yeah. so I, I'm also going to try and utilize some of those, but uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I've never, I never had a chance to use them before, before ghosts of salt marsh. Like I guess they, my players didn't really have a home base in hot springs Island. And mm-hmm. because they don't have a home base, they don't really have a chance to do a lot of the downtime activities, I think. And there right. weren't like major cities to go and search for a magic item. There weren't, you know, so that campaign was just a lot different, but Ghosts of Saltmarsh, they obviously can do a lot of those. So I think my mind is opening up to the potential possibilities that I can do with Ghosts of Saltmarsh and, and strongholds and followers and, mm-hmm. and businesses and downtime activities and, yeah. um, and kind of explore that fun. Cause I think in all the D and D games I've played, I've never really explored that kind of fun that people can be like, yeah, we're in a big town. You've got like three weeks before you have to like leave. What do you want to do? Uh, I don't yeah. know. Like I want to find, I don't know, marry a prince. Okay. Let's roll some dice and see if you can marry a prince. Like, <laughs> Yeah. that's And I think reading those two books, Ack Inc and Strongholds and Followers, while you're reading them, your brain is exploding with, oh my God, I want to do these things or I want my players to want to do these things, right? Whereas when I read Xanathar's Guide, I wasn't, my brain didn't explode with, I can't wait for my players to ask me about this stuff. Right, right. I can't wait to do it. It was like, oh, okay, here's some rules. Like we could use those if it pops up. But the other ones are invoking like story ideas and things that are yeah. going on. Because I'm definitely, Strongholds and Followers is going to be a huge part of Seeking Revenar. In fact, they're in uh, what we're coming up to when we start talking about the game, they're in a monastery at the moment, which I've already hinted to the players that they could clear it out. And this could become the basis of a stronghold. 
yeah. that's further north and opens up further parts of the map that they haven't really been to yet. So we, and, but I don't know if they want to do that yet. They haven't really said if they want to build forts or temples or whatever they want to do. So we'll have to see how their, how their group kind of goes. So, but I want strongholds and followers definitely infused in my, um, yeah. and I'm building it up long enough away that hopefully we get mass combat rules also that they're going to do on their second Kickstarter, the MCDM people, yeah. uh, Matt Covo and them, because eventually I would like to do a nice big war breaks out um, between some factions that they're starting to run into. And that could be pretty fun. I, I could devise some, and we've talked about, you know, running mass combat, how we might do it now, but I'm also interested to see what these new books bring to the table yeah. and what we could do with those too. So that's pretty cool. So that's about it for news. Other than that, it was just, you know, regular old playing some Dungeons and Dragons throughout the week like we do just about every week. So that was pretty fun. Nothing, you know, too out of the ordinary. Uh, I guess so, but... As I bury the lead a little. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. So uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, I had nothing to do on Monday. And Lucian was just like, why don't you be a special guest on my game? Like, roll up a character. So I have a kobold thief named Dirk. Um, who's a little wishy-washy on his name. It seems like whatever weapon he does really well with, he might want to change his name to that weapon. I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I was captured or something. So anyway, I was on Seeking Revenar as a special guest. It was a lot of fun. So Yeah, yeah. So our Monday night game, we'll jump into our, our games for the night. Yeah. I thought it would be fun. Um, as I was doing it, there was two things I was thinking I was, I was going to present Jordan with, but I know... I think I leaned towards, hey, why don't you make a character? Because just before that, you had posted about, hey, I have D&D Beyond and I've made 25 characters. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought, you know what? I, sh- I should just have him come and just play a quick, you know, one-off. He he doesn't have to commit to the campaign or anything, just as a guest player for, for a night. I think that'd be kind of cool. But my other plan, and I still may do this down the road, is I might, I thought about having you play the Cambion. The bad guy, oh, yeah. star bad guy, and until you kill my party, I want you to try use everything you can yeah. with the campaign's Be ability. Be as tactical as I can. Use everything you think you can do. Kill them if you think you can, and just let you go after them. And I thought that was another thing. So I, somewhere down the line, I may set up that where I have guest people come in and play my bad guy for me, the big bad guy, and they can shout orders to their minions and they can use their abilities the way they want. And I'll give you, you know, here's your motivations. Here's, here's the things you're trying to accomplish. Here's your, here's what's bad for you or good for you. And then just let you just play the character and say, you know, what happens, what happens. So I think that'd be pretty fun. But so Monday night we're playing Seeking Revenar. This is my um, converted West Marches game. Um, the team had decided to go up to a monastery that's been having beastmen that come out, roam out, steal villagers and take them back. Nobody quite has figured out why yet, but that's happened. Um, and so Jordan's character, Dirk, was part of an adventuring group that had went up to the monastery, but they got captured. And we don't know what's happened to his other companions, but he was the last one still chained to a wall with another farmer. And that's when our party finds them um unlocks his chains and he kind of joins in on the fight um and so we have pretty a pretty fun epic fight it's all done on roll 20 so we had dynamic lighting was going on and we we're using the roll 20 character sheets and uh dirk is just throwing out crazy amounts of um of damage because talk a little bit about your character and why you made and, and like some of the synergies you were trying to go with your character because i think it was oh yeah pretty- well so uh, I, I mean, rogues are fun, and Dirk is a rogue, and he's a kobold rogue, and kobolds have sunlight sensitivity, so they have disadvantage in direct light um, on attacks and, and perception checks and what have you, uh, kind of like the drow and, and other creatures, but uh, they he also has pack tactics. Kobolds have pack tactics, so a lot of like druids might know this because certain wolves and stuff that you can turn into has pack tactics, so that you, um, if you're attacking somebody and you have an ally next to you, you get advantage on the hit and that kind of counteracts the sunlight sensitivity. If you're just smart about it. And then in certain situations you can get advantage. And since rogues only get one attack per round, if you don't count bonus action offhand attack, uh, they getting advantage on that role is kind of like crucial. So that was Mm -hmm. like mechanically why I wanted to build this kobold rogue 
And then I was like, you know, what if he's like a follower of Tiamat? And like, it got me thinking about like the church of Tiamat and just like wealth. And, and uh, I, I always, I think this is because of a podcast I listen to, but I always envision Tiamat as like a pyramid scheme church. Like there's the people up top who found um, other people to spread the word and then they then have followers. And so Dirk, you, you, the idea is that you work yourself up the ladder. And I think Dirk is, uh, and this didn't come out in your game, but this is just me overthinking my character. Head cannon. Yeah. Head cannon. <laughs> but Dirk is, is definitely working that chain, trying to acquire money and wealth to get up the ladder of the church of Tiamat. So yeah. It, it was pretty funny, and there was a there was a moment in the game, and it was a hard fought. So what ends up happening is they they get locked in kind of a smaller area as they're trying to find some prisoners and free them, and they get attacked by some beastmen, which in the game are equivalent to like minotaurs if you if you look up their stats. Um, the players are fifth level player, a couple of fifth levels, a couple of fourth levels, five players. Um, and so they have these pretty strong, beefy guys. And if they hit, they're going to hit pretty hard. And then we had a recurring villain show up. The Cambion and two Hellhounds show up to to try to get one of the characters that they're in conflict with. And so we're in this fight. It's happening in a room. They're surrounded and can't really go anywhere in this big fight. And they're using every ability they can. They're using every advantage they can. Spell slots are being blown left and right. And they're the, my, my favorite part of the night was I roll a couple of really good rolls, and I hit a couple of players so hard they go down. And Jordan just looks at the camera and goes, Lucian, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> like, this is it. This party is going down. They are not going to make it out. And yet they turn it around, and they are able to win against a really formidable foe. And it was just really fun to see, you know, just that whole thing. But I was just laughing when he was like, what are you doing? You're going to kill your party. <laughs> and I just thought it was great. Yeah, no, so I had really to run. Fun. I'm like, I'm out of here. Like, Dirk's yeah. just like, I'm going to go in this other room. I'll like shoot with a bow or something. But like, I can't take hits like that. Yeah, <laughs> and they were, yeah. they were taking hits going down, getting back up from that unicorn spirit, which that's a spell that I didn't know. I didn't know anything about. And I was talking about it with some of my patrons and they were like, oh yeah, that's like, the dopest spell like it's so powerful and i was like oh no it is i looked it up and i'm just like that's exactly how it works and it's really yeah. really strong <laughs> yeah usually that party goes even further because they get the healing spirit is out there they get the unicorn totem is out mm -hmm. and then they're doing other stuff and it's just like crazy amounts of healing is going on it's like it's almost like a video game at that point yeah <laughs> what they're doing so but it was really fun and i can't wait to see what we're gonna do on monday now it's a cliffhanger because Jordan has an open invitation to continue, although we already came up with a, if he's not free on Monday, um, that he's going to escort the um, the villagers back to their village. He's mm -hmm. going to volunteer and say, hey, I'm sneaky. I'm good at tracking through the forest. I'll keep them safe. I'll take them back to the village, and I'll go back to Port Bastion. Or if he's got a free Monday night, he, he can dive a little bit deeper because they got to the stairs that are about to go down into under this basically evil monastery mm -hmm. uh definitely a la diablo if any of you play diablo <laughs> so it's definitely influenced by that so yeah um, we'll have so to see um i'm leaning towards no because i'm busy and i'm yeah. going back to things but i had a lot of fun and i kind of want to keep playing <laughs> i kind of want to see where yeah. this story's going so and dirk was good dirk was a great character uh i love the voice everybody loved the voice um, they loved the attitude that he had and, and the way they interacted. I thought it was fun. I'm just glad they didn't kill you because every now and then this party comes across things that they just assume that they, they're like, oh, goblins, we just kill goblins. Kobolds, we just kill kobolds, you know, mm -hmm. because every other game they played in, those are the typical bad guys they have to fight at level one. Yeah. So I was really curious to see. They just stab me. Am I going to invite you here? And then they just shoot you and you're dead or whatever. And it's, All right. Thanks for showing up, Jordan. Like, yeah, <laughs> that was real fun. Way to feel welcome. So that was really fun. That had me really hyped in the beginning of the, uh, the week because it went really well. About a three hour game. It's posted up on YouTube at this point. You can go watch it on uh, the VODs. And it was pretty fun. The only sticking point was I, I definitely made a huge mistake when trying. I thought it'd be easier, but I don't know why. When, because I wanted to surprise the party. The party did not know Jordan was joining. So mm -hmm. we started our game out as normal. 
we have our normal overlay. We have our players are in the in the game because we're playing online for this game. And what I was going to do is I was going to say, you see this cobalt. And when they got close enough and somebody says, well, wait a minute, he's awake and he looks at you. I brought Jordan in on a camera. He just joined the web session. Nobody knows who he is. He joins Zoom. He jumps into the channel and we just go from there and start playing. But it wasn't a smooth transition. I couldn't get everything. My audio didn't work. Run a million things. That's yeah. my bad. We should have tested all that beforehand. But yeah. uh, I didn't know that you guys were using Discord audio and things like that. So I was just like, ah. yeah, I'll, fi- I'll, I'll fix that better for next time. So <laughs> if you get past that part, then it gets it's good. It is a combat heavy session. So for those of you, I think we got most of the rules right. There may have been one or two. I think Danimal went back and watched. He was asking about one or two rules, which is always cool. If you guys go back and you, because I'll miss things sometimes and I learn things or I forget things. Um, so if you say, oh, this is how this works or this is how that works, because mm-hmm. a lot of things are happening. That What I didn't ask you um, on your character, so you were a fifth level character. I didn't ask what type of rogue you chose. What was the subclass? Oh, thief. Yeah. Oh, so you did go thief. Okay, yeah, okay. yeah. So I wasn't sure. he has, uh, like, you can make a bonus action sleight of hand check and, like, interact with an object as a bonus action. And he had a really good, he had really high, uh, or I think expertise in sleight of hand and thieves tools. So he was, he was 100% just out for money. Yeah. <laughs> cool, cool. So then Wednesday night for me, so I, I DM that I have a great game. Um, I'm on a pretty big high, which is awesome. And then we get to Wednesday's night game, which is Tomb of Annihilation, another really fun. I'm going through this a second time. We get to a puzzle and they, <laughs> it's one of those real puzzles. Like they have a, a riddle on the wall. They need to do something in the room that pertains to the riddle, but they can't figure it out. And they, and one of the characters looks towards my character and says, what do you think wizard? And I'm like, I don't know. And, the, and then they all look at me and they go, oh, you've already been in here before, haven't you? <laughs> no help for me. And they're like, okay, we'll figure it out. So they've been really, everybody's been really good, even though I kind of know some of the things we're on, but we're about to be at the end of what I know. Like we, we've done some shrine stuff. I've done most of the shrine stuff in the original campaign I played. Um, so we're about now to, to exhaust the knowledge I have of tomb of annihilation which is exciting because i'm i'm really getting into this level seven war mage that i'm playing and we've had some really tough fights where you on t are really nasty to mm-hmm. fight um we fought um, a nice big veggie pygmy battle erupted at one point and another thing that's happened that i thought it was really fun with this group is They've done some really good talking to different factions and then trying to convince one faction to help us against another faction. Um, so in this, I won't, I don't want to spoil it for those of you that might still play it or go back and play it, but it's cool to see them bump into or play with a party that does bump into a faction that you might normally just, if you're a murder hobo kind of party, you might just fight them. Like, so, Oh, you see a group of 20 cobalts. What do you guys want to do? And this group will typically find a way to maybe talk to them or see what side they're on or figure out, well, if we like these guys, who's their enemy? Well, we'll, we'll help them against their enemies. So that way they help us, even though we might not normally have allied ourselves with a cobalt tribe or a goblin tribe or a Yuan group or, you know, whatever it might be um, that you might find when you do this. So I think that was really cool. We all have a lot of fun jokes because we have a turtle in the group and, um, we have uh, a cool paladin that has a big giant moose as a mount called Chad. So there's lots of humor in the game, but there's also a lot of fun and combat. And Danimal, who's our Australian GM, has been doing a really good job. And he had a really fun cobalt voice that he used for that session. And two players are in my Monday night session and play with me in Wednesday night. So Logan and Sasha play on Monday night as where I'm the GM. And then they play as my party members on Wednesday night. And they had two kobolds that they were just like, this is like a kobold week for them. (laughs) We just got to meet really cool kobolds all week long. So it's been really funny. So that's been good. Um, It's a great Tomb of Annihilation is still turning out to be a really fun adventure. For those of you that may have missed it or didn't go over it, I ran Storm King's Thunder, which I think has been pretty good. But I'm starting to lean towards so far... Tomb of Annihilation has been about the best one they put out. Now, I'm sure Indoor will probably say Waterdeep Dragon Heist is the best one they put out 
for 5e <laughs> so far but for me tomb annihilation is really good and i'm getting this itch to try to to put my spin on it and maybe run it as a G dm now that i've i played through it twice it'd be interesting to see what my version of tomb of annihilation might look mm -hmm. like down the road. but we've got so many other good ones coming out um i still haven't got into you know um dungeon the mad mage haven't got into uh, Secrets of Salt Marsh or Ghosts of Salt Marsh. Still haven't got into a group that's going to play Descent into Avernus yet. So who knows when I'm going to actually play <laughs> a Ravnica campaign or an Ak Inc campaign or a Strongholds of Followers. That's campaign. the thing is we've just gotten so many like so many modules lately. You know, oh, with Ghosts of Salt Ghost Marsh. He thinks Ghost Marsh is the best one so far. Interesting. I like Ghost Marsh a lot. Uh, Ghosts of Salt Marsh. Yeah, words. Um, I so for yeah, re reading through that one, even though it is a collection of of adventures, um, I I really like the home base aspect of it. I like a lot of things that like they can make Salt Marsh feel like a home for them, and mm -hmm. and that's kind of cool. And it's something they want to protect, you know, as they like navigate around and stuff. So right. yeah, that's cool. So that was really my uh, week in Dungeons and Dragons. And many of you may be looking at your clocks and saying, well, man, Lucian just took up all the time. He never lets Jordan talk about all the Dungeons and Dragons he does. So let's let's clear the decks here. D Jordan, tell us about all the Dungeons and Dragons you played this week. I played Seeking Revenar. And we, we <laughs> talked about that. No, uh, <laughs> many, many of my, some of my players, uh, one of my players got married and went on a honeymoon. Uh, and so we just were lacking a player and, and things like that. So it's, and it's been really frustrating for them because we had that TPK and they want to know what happens, but we haven't mm -hmm. been able to do anything yet, but it's given me a good amount of time to prep. Um, and I ended up talking to the player that he, uh, so I guess this isn't spoilers cause none of you are playing in my game except maybe the one per, uh, person that is listening so for all the people over in chat over on the left-hand side here that I'm looking at. Okay, you, you jump in the game. Uh, no, <laughs> do, do we see them? Yeah, I know. Uh, but uh, what I'm going to have them do, I think is they're going to be captured by, uh, by basically pirates or people of the high seas um, mm -hmm. because that's who they were kind of fighting. And I think they're going to get captured by them. And so I had this idea of them waking up on a boat and we're going to see what happens on this boat. And if they try to escape, if they try to befriend them, if they try to join them, maybe like, I'm not sure what's going to happen, but I, I talked to one of my players who he, he was the only one that lost an actual character. And I said, do you want to be a captive as well? Or do you want to be part of the ship's crew? And he said, I want to be part of the ship's crew. So he's going to be, on the crew part or part of the ship's crew on the boat, etc., and how he interacts with them. I have no idea how this is going to happen, but the more I think about it, I'm like, this is why I love dungeons and dragons because mm -hmm. like this TPK has put us in a situation where I have no idea how it's going to happen. We just have to improvise and go through it. And it's going to be so much fun. Uh, and I'm really, really excited for like, I was really sad when this TPK happened because I'm like, well, now we're not following the story anymore. But now that it has happened and I've had a chance to kind of formulate how I'm going to pl a plan going forward, I think that mm -hmm. it's going to be uh, really, really fun. So so that's kind of what I did in D&D &D all week was I prepped that and talked with my players and kind of communicated with them. Um, he lost a Dragonborn fighter and now is going to come back as a changeling bard. And so we'll see what happens. He's really he's really excited. And and then I got thinking, I'm like, do changelings make good bards? And you start going into my D&D &D Beyond and I start character crafting. And I'm just like, this is awesome. So I think it's going to be really cool. Well, I think a changeling could do an awesome one-person comedy show as they switch from character to character. Oh, yeah. Char <laughs> well, and I'm wondering if he's going to be like, yeah, I'm on the crew, and then he shifts his face to something else and pretends he's not on the crew. And I, I don't know. Like, I'm really curious how... I, I have no idea what this player has planned, but um, he could just be really really like 100% on board with his crew, or maybe he wants to help these poor fools that got captured. Maybe he doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so uh, it's, it's going to be cool. So stay tuned next week for the Saturday morning D and D show, uh, which I haven't talked to Lucian yet. I might not be here. So it might actually be two weeks before we can record that. But uh, yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be lots of fun. So um, that's the one you're running that used to be your hot springs Island. Yeah. Yeah. 
but we haven't really heard anything about you were playing in a campaign. Yeah, with my Warforged uh, Fighter that Seven. Uh, well, we didn't play that one either because people were missing. Um, huh. So, but that is going to happen tomorrow. Um, at yeah, tomorrow evening we're going to play that. So, and is that a Forgotten Realms campaign or never? No, campaign? it's his own. It's his own uh, mm-hmm. homebrew campaign. And uh, I just said like, hey, can I? can I be a Warforged? Like, I know you didn't plan this in your game, but he was like, no, yeah, you can totally be a Warforged. And so we agreed that there were like seven or eight of these robots. I think actually 12 now. We're we're slowly discovering more of these robots, but there were 12 of these robots created. And I'm number seven, which is why my name is Seven. Um, And Mm -hmm. Wizards created us. And so uh, there aren't like, I'm not an entire species like I am in Eberron you literally are these like offshoot constructs that were created by wizards and stuff, Um, which has been kind of interesting because one of our players is a celestial warlock who follows this deity and Mm -hmm. really wants to convert others. And every time he tries to convert me, I'm just like, I have no, like there's no soul to redeem. There's no afterlife for me. Like I'm just a warforged, whatever. And he's like, oh, okay. Well, he's not like, oh, okay. He's just like, well, you could still worship him. And I'm like, well. And so, I don't know. That's kind of my mentality with that character is that he doesn't have um, he doesn't have any interest in deities because he's so out of touch for that. And I'm an Eldritch Knight, so it kind of makes sense. Like, a wizard created me. I'm able to cast a few wizard spells. Like, I very much am a creature of the arcane as opposed to a creature that is of the divine. So... Did we talk about how you how you narratively describe your spellcasting? How do you how are you narratively describing it? Um, it's changed because a couple time originally it was like oh seven casts featherfall jets come out and like you know slow down mm-hmm. my my thing, but we have been waving that a little bunch because uh, when I realized I could cast featherfall on like five creatures at once. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't know, I guess I like catch everybody and like Iron Man it, but it just like the math wasn't working out. So we were just kind of mm-hmm. like, I don't know, it's just kind of, it's, it's been more magical lately. Um, but like I have lightning lure as a cantrip. So it was totally like seven generates electricity all over his body and, and lightning pulls a creature towards him and things like that. Cool. Um, and I think next level I'm going to get mage hand and, uh, I'm going to flavor that as like my hand literally coming off and flying towards an object and like picking something up. So, yeah. Yeah. And my players are in chat and they're like, well, you can still tithe even though you don't believe. And I'm like, yes, yes, I could. But I also value my money. So it's okay. (laughs) And then the, the only other campaign that's been on hold now for a while is your level 11 or 12 campaign. Level 11 campaign where they're in the shadow fell. And that one, uh, we have one, session left of betrayal legacy which has been the legacy version of betrayal at house on the hill that we've been playing which has been so much fun uh there was and i'll this well i just have to tell you about this but we played one game where we were all trying to figure out if we were clones or a real person and it was a lot of like infighting between us and like arguing at the table where i'm like you're a clone and they're like i'm not a clone and i'm like listen guys i know that i'm not a clone but you're definitely a clone um and it, that's been a lot of fun but we have one session of that and then we should get back to doing um that campaign in the shadowfell which starts in the shadowfell they were in the desert they got sucked through a portal um trying to make their way home uh to the coast of so- the sword coast so do do you feel their excitement building to get back into it or um Yes and no. What's I think I think a few of them are just like really excited about where the story's going, but I think another of a, a few others are just kind of like, well, um, this was a nice break from D and I'm ready to play D and D again, but like, what's happening? I'm not sure. And like <laughs> I was mentioning, I put, um, uh, I I ended up putting all of my characters from that game, my players' characters in D and D Beyond because D and D Beyond is really good about not being able to cheat um, right. or or make mistakes as you're building a character and my poor wife's character, I like put it in D and D beyond. And I'm like, this is all messed up. Like your, your dexterity should not be this low. And like, what is happening? So I'm glad that I did that. And I'm going to try and fix some of their characters. Um, Cause they've had the same characters for like almost two years now. And we've learned a lot more about how to build characters as we've gone along. So yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I look forward to hearing more about the Corgi adventures. Yeah, it'll be good. Um, I think there's some summer vacations planned, so I'm not really sure mm-hmm. if we're going to start immediately next week. 
Um, but this, uh, we should finish Betrayal this week, and then it's D&D after that. So, cool. Yeah. Lots of good stuff. I'm excited. This summer has been really good. I'm going out to my pool every day and swimming, but while I'm sitting in there just hanging out in the awesome water, I'm thinking about campaign ideas. Oh, I've been thinking about so many campaign ideas, yeah. So much stuff. I just got to find the time to do all of it. (laughs) Yeah, and then then, uh, I'm also playing in that Saturday uh, original D&D, BX D&D game. Um, which mm-hmm. I didn't get to play last Saturday because of a wedding. And I have another wedding to go to this Saturday. So that will happen uh, next week. I'll get back to that game as well. So it was just like a not D&D week, but I got a lot of reading done. And I got a lot of like mm-hmm. stuff prepped for Ghosts of Saltmarsh. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, I think we hit our we hit our time limit. That perfectly. is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I always need to do this. I have to go to show end. Okay. So that is our show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Please leave us some iTunes reviews or Spotify reviews or Stitcher reviews or whatever podcast listening reviews you have. Um, And you can share this episode with a friend if you're watching it on YouTube. We really appreciate it. Thanks again for catching us live Saturday mornings at 9 a.m. Pacific. Um, And with that, I think we will take off until anything left to say, Mr. Lucian. You can go ahead and put the link to our Discord channel for the Saturday morning D&D show Discord channel, and you can join that if yep, you haven't. It should be in, in the, the uh, doobly-doo below, um, and yep. you can and chat with us. Remember, for the comments, tell us what you think that Demogorgon really should have been for uh, for the Stranger Things, because I'd love to read that in the comments. Mm-hmm. So, That'll be, be fun. Awesome. <laughs> All right, guys. It. Thank you so much. We will see you next week, or maybe in two weeks. Uh, I'll figure it out. But uh, yeah. Uh, next week is in flux, but uh, another episode of the Saturday Morning D&D Show. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.